Hey there, this is Brian. I'm the host of the Engaging Missions show. If you've found this show for the first time, I did want to take a second to let you know that this show is not currently in production. You're certainly welcome to check out all of the archives, but we don't have new episodes coming out at the moment. However, I did want to take a second to highlight one of the sponsors that sponsored the show a while ago. They're not currently sponsoring the show, but if you're looking for a place to invest in the kingdom, I'd recommend checking out Mega Voice Audio Bibles. You can find them at megavoice.com, or you'll find a link in the show notes, and I would encourage you to just check that out and see if maybe that's a fit for your giving. There's no compensation here or anything like that. I just wanted to highlight them. And with that, I'll get you back into the regular program. Hey, everyone, this is Jim Baker from Doing Ministry Well, and you're listening to Engaging Missions. Welcome to the Engaging Missions show with Brian Ensminger. We are bringing missions home. Each week, we hear from missionaries, ministry leaders, disciple makers, and church planters as they share about God's work in their lives and ministries. Like us, they are ordinary people who serve an extraordinary God. Ladies and gentlemen, here's your host, Brian Ensminger. Hi, and welcome to the Engaging Missions Show. In this week's episode, we're going to talk with our guest about how God used sports, and specifically a coach, to reach him, and then how God took that passion for sports and has been using it to reach the lost. While we're doing that, we're going to talk about some of the ways that they're able to use sports to make disciples, and specifically how they're able to train up and empower indigenous sports lovers to go out into the villages of Africa, the areas where they live, and to take the gospel with them. And when they're doing that, how they identify the teachable moments, the times when people are open to hearing the gospel. Now, if you're thinking about a sports organization, I want to also mention that they're part of a larger organization that meets really, really practical needs. Sports are just one of the things that they do, and they they actually have missionaries from all over the world partnering together to meet the real needs of people where they live. Our guest is based in Africa, and if you want to know a little bit more about Africa, I might suggest that you check out the book, A Short History of Africa, which is available from audible.com. If you're not currently a member of Audible, you can get this book for free simply by trying out their service if you go to engagingmissions.com slash audible. If this book doesn't interest you, you can also check out the Bible, over 90 hours of audio available for you to listen on the go or wherever you wherever you might want to listen, available absolutely free if that's the first book that you download. It's what I got when I first signed up for Audible, and I've been using it ever since, so I really do recommend that. Then also, just in case you're interested, the show notes for today's episode are at engagingmissions.com slash Luke Voigt. That's L-U-K-E-V-O-I-G-H-T. That's where you'll find links to all the resources that we talk about, as well as the show notes and any of the other stuff. With that, we're going to go ahead and get right into this week's episode. All right, let's get started. Today, I am super excited to have Luke Voigt on the line with me. He's he's a missionary to Malawi, but right now now, as we're talking, he's here in the U.S. Uh, on furlough. They're getting ready to head back, and quite honestly, by the time this is published, they will be back in Malawi. Luke was saved at the age of 17 and began sharing the gospel here in the U.S. and then also in Gambia on some short-term trips. Now he's working with Serving in Mission, or SIM, and Sports Friends. They use sports to bridge the gap between the church and youth and to make disciples. So, Luke, it is super exciting to have you here. Welcome to the show. 
Hey, thanks for having me, Brian. It's a blessing to be on the show. Yeah. So as we start off the interview, I like to take a little bit of time to kind of get to know you. A lot of the people who are listening won't necessarily know you. And to do that, I'm wondering, would you mind sharing with us a little bit about your family and about your life, what it's like? Sure. Yeah, my name is Luke, and um, I have a beautiful bride, Becca. We were married eight years ago, and um, we're just children of God, um, just like probably many of you are listening to this, and broken vessels pointing people to the King. That's that's our, our goal, and um, we have two beautiful children, Lizy and Zeke, and uh, the Lord led us to... Um, Malawi uh, with SIM in 2011 with the hope uh, to use sports as a platform for making disciples of Jesus. And it's just been incredible to see what he's done um, from just in the last four or five years now, um, despite us a lot of times. It's been encouraging. So, so where is Malawi? Yeah, uh, it, it's not Maui, as some might think, but it's uh, it's in Southeast Africa, and it's it's a tiny little country, landlocked, uh, nestled in. Um, yeah, it, it's it's about the size of Pennsylvania, but a dense population of seventeen million people. Okay, and you know, as I was reading through some of the information about you, I noticed that you were saved at the age of seventeen. Would you mind sharing with us how it was that you came to Christ? Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I grew up with parents uh, loving the Lord and living it out before me. Um, but honestly, I I worship sports. I worshipped. Uh, I would rather watch the NFL on Sunday mornings than go and what I thought waste my time uh, at church services. And uh, and I remember getting into high school and I was huge into sports, captain of basketball and baseball team, and. Uh, one day, my coach uh, came to me and he said, hey, you believe in God? And I said, yeah. And he quoted James chapter 2. And he said, good, even the demons believe in God. Hmm. It was deeply convicting to me. Um, but he had that relationship with me as my coach already. And it was that that really started. And he challenged me to read the word for myself and to get into to, to see Jesus for who he is in the scriptures. And that is what, over a period of three months, transformed my life forever. So it was my basketball coach, this impact um, that I'll never forget that the Lord used to redeem my soul. And all of that time that you spent with a deep passion for sports, has that been, has that borne fruit? in your life as well? Absolutely. Um, I, I thought actually at that time um, I was giving up all my desires for sports because I was quite a rebel on the basketball court. I was always getting technical fouls or getting kicked out of games um, because I didn't know the Lord. And so I thought at that time I was going to quit sports. And, and then as I started to share the gospel more, I thought I was going to do more mission work. Um, and I thought that was very separate things. But the Lord has really brought it full circle, actually, in a time when I was in Uganda um, sharing the gospel and doing um, a, like a child sponsorship program. But I realized that 2 o'clock every day we were done with our work, and I would just say, hey, we only got a couple weeks more here. Let's dribble up a soccer ball up the road. And I saw how something as simple as a soccer ball could 
it's like a magnet to kids who would never step foot in a church building or whatever. So I saw the power of sport and how it can be used as a platform for making disciples of Jesus. Honestly, I'm not even sure how to frame up this next question, but as I think about that, that's just astounding to me that, that God uses sports. But as I talk to people, I find that he uses just about everything in our lives. Have you found anything in your life that God hasn't redeemed for his purpose? <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a great point. Um, no, I, I love the the quote: "God uses crooked sticks to make straight paths," and He has this way of redeeming um, even the worst in us to point ourselves and others to the glory of Christ. So, yeah, I, I don't think so. I think He He uses all our all our baggage, all all the things that that we bring into. Um, our relationship with him and redeems them. Yeah, I guess I did kind of put you on the spot there, didn't I? That was a, a bit unexpected. Um, as you think about your ministry in the Malawi, it's, I'm assuming it's just a tiny bit different than living here in the U.S. Can you share a little bit about the culture and maybe some of the, the things that you've learned as you've been over there? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it is a little bit different. Um, we love it. It's, it's become our home. Um, but yeah, it is a very different place. It's, it's considered, uh, the, just as of 2016, the World Bank put it out as the poorest country in the world. Um, so that, that, you know, has its challenges in itself, just issues of water, electricity, people suffering greatly, um, physically. So that's, that's an incredibly difficult part of being in Malawi, um, just on a daily basis. But then, you know, it's a beautiful country. I mean, God's glory and creation is all around you and with these beautiful mountains and there's a lake in Malawi and the culture we've so grown to enjoy, just the sociability of people there. It's very different than what we have here in the West. Um, and that's constantly even a struggle for us as we, you know, if we come home for a home assignment or a furlough and then go back, it's like two very different cultures. Well, people, people in Malawi will give you all day to, to sit and talk. And that actually is a great way, um, you know, for the gospel. It's easy to talk with strangers and they're interested and they want to know you. You mentioned a, a lot of the difficulty right now, being a poor nation, a lot of that kind of stuff. What kind of opportunities are you seeing to help people with their physical lives as well as their spiritual lives? Yeah, um, we're thankful to be part of a ministry that is not just sports ministry. It's it's SIM, which is a global, huge Christian mission organization. And, and it's amazing because they have people from several, many different countries in Malawi, um, all called by the Lord, you know, so it's, we have, we serve with Dutch missionaries, with an Indian lady from India who's come, with a South African family, with a German family, with an Ethiopian couple who are in Malawi, who God has called to make disciples in Malawi, all in different ways. And, um, especially over the past few years, there's been drought, you know, so a lot of people are hungry. So we don't want to just like go and do our sports ministry program or, or any sort of outreach without, um, meeting them holistically. And so, um, one, one part of what we do is actually, yeah, like there's been food deliveries um, and working with the local churches and distributing food and things like mosquito nets to people who are going through a time of, um, drought and hunger, you know? So that's just one way that we try to, 
we would try to help and be the hands and feet of the Lord um, to people who were, were just daily living is, is tough stuff. Yeah, that must be really difficult on a personal level to kind of live through that and to walk through that with people. How do you, how do you make it through that? How do you not become overwhelmed by that? Yeah, that, that has been incredible. Um, it's been very difficult. And I mean, there has been times, if I'm honest, where we have been overwhelmed, you know? Um, I love the quote from Spurgeon where he says, I, I've learned to kiss the wave that throws me up against the rock of ages. Hmm. And that just really, um, God has shown us a lot through these difficult things about himself and his care for us and how he, he, he allows these things to happen. And, um, and he wants to use us in them. He wants to break us even more of our pride. And um, it's just a constant daily, it's a daily struggle. And asking for wisdom, knowing that we are not the saviors of the world. Jesus is. We cannot fix every problem in Malawi, you know. Um, so it's this constant throwing ourselves at the feet of Jesus. And he's shown us our need for him more than ever in that. Do you have any habits that you believe have contributed to what God's done in and through your life so far? Yeah. Um, I think that <laughs> the habit, what does Paul say in 1 Corinthians? He says, when I came to you, in 1 Corinthians 2, he says, I, I come to you not with eloquence or superior wisdom, as I proclaim to you the testimony about God, for I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I came to you in weakness, in fear, and with much trembling. I think those three things, weakness, fear, and much trembling, to me have been deeply impacting because they have freed me, knowing that the greatest evangelist in history, Paul, Shared, those were his three qualifications of an evangelist. So those three things have enabled me to share the gospel with confidence, knowing that, I mean, the next verse is, my message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power so that your faith might not rest on men's wisdom, but on God's power. So we're free, knowing that God is the one who changes hearts, and we just have to be faithful in the daily telling people about Jesus with that passion for souls and asking God to just open up those opportunities, and He does, and He does every day. That's great. I really appreciate you sharing that, and especially how much the Scripture is part of what we're talking about. I, that, that to me means a lot, knowing that the Scripture is such a big part of your life that it just comes out in your conversation. We are going to need to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to shift our focus a little bit away from you and more toward the ministry and what you have going on there. Sounds good. Take your leadership to the next level. It's time for the Foundational Missions Leadership Moment with Scott McClelland of FX Missions. Hi, it's Scott McClelland. Thanks for joining us. We're talking about security and leadership and what's required. Last time we talked about courage. Courage is very important, especially when, as the scriptures say, the enemies are gathering and the people are scattering. You know you're going through a test of your following Jesus when this kind of thing happens. Um, we need courage. We need courage, especially when there are a, a lot of voices of despair. Hey, you know, you know, whatever kind of complaint could arise uh, regarding your influence or where you're headed. 
that people behind you or people are, who are watching your life don't want to follow. You know, often complaining and endless analysis, whether it be our own or, or those who are, who are cooperating with our influence, is, uh, is a human tendency. Those complaining and analysis and those kind of things are often human tendencies to save oneself. Sometimes it's a huge motivator, and please don't overlook this or even your own tendency to do so. We want to save ourselves from discomfort and inconvenience. And sadly, we don't realize sometimes that we, if we're going to follow Jesus, cannot completely save ourselves from discomfort or inconvenience. It's, it's not possible. We can understand this by following the life of Jesus through the Gospels. He, he went through discomfort and inconvenience, and that's putting it very lightly. Surrendering your selfishness uh, as a follower or as a leader includes surrendering your right to be comfortable at all times. Sometimes these days it seems like we're in the midst of a culture that has a very high altar, if you will, to comfort, convenience, and uh, those kinds of things. But we, we as God's people need to recognize this is not our calling. Our calling, there will be times of comfort and there will be times of convenience, especially in, a, in the culture we live in. But God has called us to follow Him, follow His purpose, and demonstrate His influence in the earth. I'm Scott McClellan. Tune in next time as we continue on the theme of security and leadership. Hope the Lord blesses you by this means. If you need to contact me or us, please do so at fxmissions.com. Thanks for joining us. Have a good one. This Leadership Moment was produced in partnership with Engaging Missions. Have your leadership question answered by contacting Scott at scott at fxmissions.com. Visit FX Missions to learn more about how you can grow your leadership and engage in missions. Visit engagingmissions.com for encouragement, insight, and resources from missionaries, ministry leaders, and church planters. All right, we're back with Luke Voigt. We've been learning a little bit about him and some of the amazing things that God's done in his life and ministry and how he gets through some of the the difficulties that happen and how he sees God's glory and all of that. Now we're shifting our focus a little bit more toward the ministry that, that Luke's part of. So Luke, I, I know that you're using sports to bridge the gap between the church and the youth. Would you mind sharing with us maybe some of the specifics of how you work and what it is that you do? Yeah, for sure. Um, and so God has called us to, uh, to lead a ministry in Malawi, um, called Sports Friends Malawi. And our mission is to equip the church, the local churches all over Malawi, um, to make disciples of youth, their families and their the whole community, um, through strategically doing sports ministry and and we just have been so blessed to be able to work with over 400 churches now um that that are that are doing sports ministry and they're reaching out to the local communities 
um, through their coach, through a coach that we train who is a youth leader in the local church, and then the local church sends them out into the community to to share the gospel. It's strategic stuff. It's not just kicking a ball around, and most of the time it's soccer or it's this sport called netball that the mm. girls love. Um but yeah, it's 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 incredible, and and you know at the halftime of a game or during their training, a lot of the coaches are teaching chronologically through the Word, or in more Muslim contexts, they're they're starting just with relationship building, and then they're you know they're um, sowing threads of the gospel and and meeting with families one by one. And we're seeing the Spirit of God transform many lives through it. Have you found any? particular keys that help you to bridge the gap between the culture and the religion of the people you're working with and the gospel? Absolutely. Um, I mean, because when, when you are on the field of play, it goes, I mean, anywhere. It's, it, sport is a language in itself. Um, when you're in the field of play, you can be Christian or Muslim or, or African animist or have all these different cultural baggage and different things, but you are one on the field. And there's just this deep connection and friendship that happens within the coach and, and his or her players, or even just within teammates. Um, and there's so many gospel opportunities if we strategically and we prayerfully are looking for these, these gospel moments, these teachable moments, where as a coach, you have that ability to speak into the lives of your players. So, so let's can I frame up a hypothetical question for you? For sure. So let's let's say that there's somebody here in the U.S. who coaches a sport, and they're mm-hmm. going, "Okay, how can I identify those teachable moments and, for lack of a better term, take advantage of them?" Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I I mean, one way that we always are, you know, encouraging our coaches to look for is, you know, I mean, the good and the bad. Right, we had a we had a situation actually on the team that I coach in Malawi, where you know we're pouring the gospel into the kids. We want to be a light to other teams and to share with them. Um, and and two of our kids ended up fighting in the game. Right, the sport brought out the bad mm. in the kids. It brought out, it, it really does bring out what's in our hearts. <laughs> um, sport in, in one of the clearest ways I can think of in any aspect of life. And so as that bad, that, that evil came out, as they were fighting in front of the other people, it was a teachable moment for us coaches. As we pulled them in, we, we stopped everything. At, at the halftime, we were able to pull them in and be like, guys, what do you think about that? You know, And the boys hung their heads originally. Mm-hmm. But then we had this opportunity of showing them how this is what we all do as we walk in sin, as we are doing, as we're, you know, not, not um, living in Christ. Apart from Christ, that is what we are doing constantly. And it's looking ridiculous, you know, um, just like we, when they were fighting. So just these teachable moments that sport brings out, uh, or, or even things like self-control, hard work, so many different things where you can bring in um, the gospel. So when I was in school, I was actually one of the band nerds. So you are the perfect person to me to talk to about all of this stuff and to literally be exactly what you were talking about with Paul, knowing nothing, coming in humility. <laughs> so, so as you think about what God's doing, do you, have you seen any lives transformed? And would you mind sharing a little bit about that? Mm, yes. Glory be to God. Yes. Um, 
not us. It's all it's all the Lord and, and the yeah. power of the Holy Spirit. And we uh, just recently, um, a girl who we trained, a coach from this local church, sent us this coach, this girl named Jenny. She came to our training. We trained her for five days with 27 other leaders, sent her back to her local church. And she had a passion. She had a passion to use sport as a platform for the gospel in her community, which is 90 plus percent Muslim. So she went back. She started a little team with these. She's, she's 18 and she started a team with these girls who are under, under 15, most of them 13 year olds. And there's this one girl who kept on showing up on the, on the sidelines every day of their practice. And after a couple weeks, this girl noticed and she wanted in, you know, she's like, so she came and she approached coach Jenny and she said, Hey, I, um, I would like to be part of this team. And all the other girls knew who this girl was, who was asking to be on the team. And she was a 15 year old girl who was a prostitute in the community. (laughs) And I mean, just totally broken life. And coach Jenny said, yes, Yes, we welcome you in and and she joined the team and and over the course of a month um this girl came was introduced to Christ for the first time because of her coach reaching out to her and then her coach led her to the Lord and then she was baptized in the local church just recently and it's just like that's just Praise the Lord, because I mean it's so far beyond us, and um, it's just incredible to see what the Spirit of God is doing in the ministry. And and this is just one of many uh, really cool stories of transformation as the Spirit of God is working in the coaches, you know, and um, and then He's working in these communities through it. Are there any changes or opportunities that you see maybe coming in the future as you as you head back after your furlough? <laughs> Yeah. Um, much of Malawi, if you look at demographics, it's, um, much of it is evangelized. Um, not many Christians. Uh, there's a lot of nominal things. I mean, similar to the, the West, but just different distractions. Um, but one area that we really want to shift our focus to, which we already have shifted our focus to, is the Eastern region of Malawi, which is predominantly Muslim and um, very unreached. And just recently they got the Bible and they're translated into their language. Um, so it's a big mission, mission step and so now we're we're focusing our efforts on the on the unreached people there, and um, and basically working with churches in the outlying areas and sending church planters in with a ball and a Bible two by two into these Muslim communities, and um, several of them have already gone and they've experienced persecution and some difficult things, a lot of difficult things. Um, but that's really our focus and a big kind of shift as to just instead of going all over the country, we really want to focus hard on that people group. If you could do it all over again, is there anything that you would change? I think I would um, pray more. I think that I've just seen the power of God move through the prayers of his people. And here I am six years into mission. And uh, I, I, that is one thing that I would shift my time so that I can pray more, make more margin time for, for seeking the face of the Lord in prayer because I'm helpless without him. I'm helpless without him. Oh, that's good. 
With that, we are going to go ahead and take a quick break. Just as a reminder, apparently God can use sports to accomplish amazing things too. I was, I'm just astounded by God moving in the life of that young lady. So mm-hmm. I, I really appreciate that. But we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to shift our focus a little bit more toward resources for our listeners. Here's a taste of what's coming up on the Engaging Mission Show. You know, I've talked with a lot of people. How many people do we talk to in life who say, I struggle with this thing or I struggle with that thing? I think we could all raise our hands and say, that's me too. And I think the thing is, we we as people like to say, well, my parents brought me up this way or I couldn't resist or we like to give excuses. But the facts are, in that story, do we see Adam and his wife doing what they know is not what God wants them to do. Absolutely. Yeah, you're shaking your head and uh, saying yes. And the fact is, even uh, his Adam's wife says, and the Lord said, we can't eat it, nor can we touch it or we'll die. Well, she added a bit, but she definitely knew she couldn't eat it. Adam knew he couldn't eat it. And yet in a perfect world, in a perfect situation, did Adam and his wife have a choice? You betcha. They had a choice, and they chose to do what they thought was wise in their own eyes. And they and they wanted to know good and evil. They wanted to be like God, knowing good and evil, because that's what Satan tempted them, tempted them with. And it was a choice they made. And so we have choices in life. And I think for me personally, it really makes me realize that I cannot use the excuse of my mom and dad. I can't use the excuse of, oh, this devil made me do it. The bottom line is I personally have choices and I make my choices. If you enjoyed that, you won't want to miss a single episode of the Engaging Mission Show. Subscribe in iTunes or Stitcher to have it delivered automatically. Visit engagingmissions.com slash subscribe. That's engagingmissions.com slash subscribe. All right, we're back with Luke Voigt. We just had a break, and on the break, Luke and I were talking, and there's one more story that he'd like to share. So, Luke, Luke, let's just take the floor. Go with it. Thanks, thanks. Yeah, so right after we got it um, to Malawi, we had our first sports ministry training, and we trained all these leaders. There were 69 people there, and it was such an exciting time, and all this momentum moving forward, and we really felt like God was moving. Well, at the training a number of the people were there for the wrong reasons and wrong expectations. And they had this idea that we were some big um, non-government organization that was handing out soccer balls and thing and boots and cleats and jerseys, which we don't have finances to do. (laughs) And that's not our focus. (laughs) So at the end of the time, there was actually only 19 out of the 69 who really did have a passion for sports ministry. And to be honest, I was pretty wrecked. I was like, really disappointed. We'd put so much time and preparation into the training and only 19 people. Well, one guy's name was Kondwani and uh, he was a 17-year-old kid and he was from one of the poorest, one of the three poorest places in Malawi. So one of the poorest villages in the poorest country in the world. Hmm. And to be honest, I didn't believe that anything could happen there. 
And after the training, he said, Luke, I'm go- I have no idea how I can do sports ministry because I don't have a ball. All I have is the Word of God because we give everyone a Bible at our trainings, but we encourage their churches to support them to buy a ball because we want, we want sustainability for the, the long run. So Kondwani went back to his village. We prayed with him, sent him out, and, uh, and he didn't have any ball. <laughs> And he went back to his church leadership and he shared the vision of sports ministry. And they said, that's great, Kondwani. That's great. But uh, you can see we don't even have a roof on our building. We can't give you a ball. We can't support this ministry. Sorry. Hmm. But the Spirit of God was really at work in Kondwani's heart. And he went into his hut after that meeting, a little bit discouraged. But, but the Lord just gave him an idea, a creative idea. And he said, you know, I want to reach these youth in my community. And so he went, and, and a lot of the non-government organizations um, that, to try to prevent HIV, uh, um, they, they pass out, um, you know, uh, condoms and different things to stop the spread of HIV. Well, Coach Co. Uh, he wasn't using any of that stuff, but he he grabbed one of those and he blew it up and made it like the the balloon, the inside of a ball. And then he grabbed a bunch of plastics and garbage from around his community and he wrapped it and he made he made a little ball in his neighborhood. And then he started kicking the ball around in his village. And before he knew it, there were 13 little kids under the age of 12 who he was coaching every single day after school. Well, after three weeks, his his church leaders were worshiping one Sunday morning, and Kondwani was in there, and they noticed 13 little kids in the <laughs> church with Kondwani, and they said, who are these kids? And Coach Ko, Kondwani, is like, hey, these are, this is my team. These kids have come to Christ. I've led them to the Lord. And uh, and from that time, he's had full support from his church leadership. They've been, well, they went and found a way, and they scrapped up money to buy him three balls. And here we are. That was a couple of years ago. And and now he's it's expanded. He's shared with other churches. And just the Spirit of God has done incredible things through that guy. Um, so just showed me, wow. Like, yeah, just like what you mentioned, there's no stopping, um, what God wants to do when, when, when he's at work. Um, and even I, I doubted, but he worked massively in through coach co. Wow. That, that is great. Now we're going to go ahead and shift our focus a little bit more toward the listeners. And I'm just wondering, what would you share with somebody who's in, who's living maybe in the U.S. or in North America, and they're called into the marketplace, but they're starting to wonder if what they do really matters in the kingdom. Mm, for sure. Um, I'd like to remind you that people are lost here. Just, been, just being in the States the last few months, um, God has just brought that to my attention more than ever as I've shared the gospel with people here. So many people have not even heard it. And and, and yeah, and it's just such a, I mean, God has called us to different things. He's put, he's allowed me and my wife the privilege of serving in Africa. Um, but he's allowed you and placed you and where he has you in your workplace and nine to five to make his name famous there. And what would you share with somebody who's living maybe in the U.S. or North America and they look around and they're starting to realize that their neighbors, their coworkers, the people around them are from other cultures, maybe even places where we thought only missionaries go? Hmm. Yeah, it, 
to me, it's so exciting. Um, and being in the suburbs of Chicago, uh, it's one of the main spots in, in the States where people, where refugees are being resettled. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've been able to work with them this year. And I've just been just seeing how God is bringing the nations to us in the United States. And it's this unique opportunity that we've never seen before of God breaking down borders. He talks about it in the book of Acts, how God, he's the mm-hmm. one who makes borders of nations. And he's bringing these people to us. So we shouldn't fear. Uh, we should go with confidence to them and show them. I mean, who better than the body of Christ, than the local body of Christ meeting people at the airport, meeting our Iraqi friends or Afghanistan, people from Afghanistan at the airport and welcoming them in to the country, showing them how to go to the grocery store, showing them the ropes of just living in this crazy country. <laughs> Is there an internet resource, maybe a tool or something that you'd recommend for our listeners? Yeah, I've really enjoyed um, over the years uh, listening to the Ask Pastor John podcast by John Piper. Okay. um, And Desiring God. Yeah. Yeah, I've really enjoyed. Okay. Yeah, definitely. That's really cool. And is there a book maybe that you'd recommend? Yeah. um, Actually, two. I'm going to cheat. Sorry. Uh Um, two, Two books. Okay. <laughs> to fuel your to fuel your prayer life, um, Operation World, just pray for the nations. Um, it radically transformed my life. And then, secondly, I really have enjoyed and been blessed by David Platt's book, Radical Together. Radical Together. I hadn't heard about that one. I've I've Excellent. heard about the original, but yeah, that's great. Okay, and for for those listening, uh, we will have all of this linked up in the show notes, which will be at engagingmissions.com slash Luke Voigt. And Voigt is V-O-I-G-H-T. So if you're on the treadmill or something, you can uh, stop by the show notes page and just pick up the links right there. Now, Luke, we're just about done. I'm wondering, do you have maybe one last piece of advice to share with us in a way that people can connect with you? For sure. Um, yeah, if, if, if anyone would like to connect with me, um, my, they can send me an email or th- get connected, I'm sure, um, through this, through, through you, Brian. Um, but we have a blog, voitsinmalawi.com, and, um, and you could also look me up on Facebook, Luke Voigt, V-O-I-G-H-T. And I'd love to, to get to know you, um, to encourage you in any way to pray for you. Okay, yeah, and maybe a parting piece of guidance or advice? Yeah, just I'm just impressed more than ever uh, over these last few years that God uses crooked sticks to make straight paths. Right. And as we commit ourselves to being lifelong learners, that we, we never just have arrived, we never got it all together, but he uses us um, to make straight paths. And it's just a privilege and honor to be used as one of those crooked sticks, right? So whether he's got us in the workplace or whether he's got us overseas, uh, it's, yeah, we just want to be pointing people to Jesus. Very cool. And for you as a listener, my, I'd just like to mention, you know, if you're connecting with Luke and what he's shared today, if you feel like maybe sports ministry is something for you, I would ask you to just maybe pray about if and how you should be involved. It may not be directly with him, but maybe God's got something for you. Maybe you never even realized this was an opportunity. Maybe there's a, a civic team that you can be a part of. I don't know. But I would just encourage you to pray about how God would have you be involved on whatever level, because I believe that if, if God's stirring that in your heart, then there's something there for you. Luke, thank you so much for being with us. This has been truly wonderful. Thanks for having me, Brian. It's been great. Excellent. 
I'd like to say thanks to our guest, Luke Voigt, one last time for taking the time to do this. And for you as the listener, thanks for being here. It really means a lot to know that you're here, and I hope that you're encouraged and challenged and inspired by what you've heard. The show notes, again, are at engagingmissions.com slash Luke Voigt. And if you enjoyed what you heard... Maybe just take a second to subscribe to the show. You can subscribe in iTunes or your favorite podcast app so that you can have this delivered to you every week automatically wherever you are. Listen to it on the go, doing whatever it is that you do. I think that you'll really enjoy it. And if you did enjoy it, I'd also really appreciate it if you'd take the time to click the link and to leave a rating and review in iTunes or whatever it is that you use to listen to podcasts. That really helps us get the word out about the show. Thanks so much for being here. Thanks for listening to the Engaging Mission Show. You can find more great content like this, along with show notes, by visiting engagingmissions.com or by subscribing to the show in iTunes or Stitcher. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us an honest rating and review in iTunes. Audio editing was provided by Jeff Butterworth of Sound Paradigm Studio. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll be back next week.